Hey, good evening, everybody. John Henry Soto here, along with George Batista. As always, welcome to Counterparts, where we spotlight conversations with creative minds. Today, we have Leslie Diana on the show, and we are so excited because she's been such a supporter of the show, and she's helped us out with, I mean, she's the founder of The Promotion People, and we are going to be talking a lot about that. So I don't want to just keep going because you know what happens. So just hang tight and get ready for a great conversation. All right. Welcome back. Thank you very much for listening to our little opening there. We appreciate you all for joining us. As I mentioned, uh, Leslie Diana is going to be here today, and uh, we're going to be talking a lot about so many things about artists and managing artists and being a publicist, and and just it's going to be a great conversation. First of all, I'm going to turn it over to George so we can give some love to our sponsor. Thank you, sir. So the Counterpart Show is brought to you by Wellness Resources, a family-owned and operated nutritional supplement company providing the highest quality clinically formulated supplements since 1985. Find out why Wellness Resources supplements are the top choice for health-conscious individuals around the world. Go to myvitaminresource.com. And if you enter the promo code COUNTERPARTS, you will get free shipping on all orders. Cool. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about our guest today, Leslie Diana. So Leslie established the promotion people in 1994 after years of working in the media and entertainment industry, both in front of the camera and behind the scenes. As a unit publicist, she worked on over 60 high feature film and television series, including many shot in Vancouver for Sony Pictures, DirecTV and E1 TV. As a personal publicist to some of Canada's most talented actors, she has worked alongside some of the country's brightest stars as their careers rise on the big and small screens. And we are absolutely happy to have her on the show. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Leslie Diana. Wow. All right. All right. Thanks for having me on. Thank you so much for being on. Um, this has been uh, an, an amazing honor for us because um, you've been such a supporter of what we're doing here, and you've supplied us. If that's the, <laughs> the if that's uh, I think that's I don't know if that how that sounds, but you've supplied <laughs> us with some amazing guests uh, on our show, and it's been fantastic. And I, I was talking to George when I was like, "Wait a minute, why don't duh <laughs> like we need to have." <laughs> Leslie on, I was Absolutely. like, you know, because she's been fantastic. So, uh, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. And it's a two-way street, right? I, yes. Yes. My clients and I need you, and you need us, and so it works together. Yeah, and, and the client, we've had so much fun, so many great conversations. Um, it's been it's been great. So I'm gonna, um, as we sometimes do here, George is like kind of the official. He writes things down. I write things down, but mine, if you read it, you won't know what, what it is. It's only I do. It's like, you know, it's my own thing. So, George, I'm going to turn it over to you so you can uh, start our uh, our questions. Absolutely. So, for yeah, for those of you, uh, those of folks who are listening and, and watching who really don't know much about you, first of all, I want I, I really want to dive into, you know, the, the world of the publicist and exactly what you do and everything, uh, even from my 
for my education because I don't know a lot about that industry. I know John, you know, has more, you know, has a lot more information on that because he's been in, he's been in the industry and I haven't. But that's that's the thing. But I want to specifically about you. I want to know how you got into it. Uh, I know you were you were both behind and in front of the camera. So tell us a little about your background and how you kind of got into the industry to begin with. All right. So I have a long background, but uh, I started, I was a teacher, phys ed teacher. And oh I went to a conference and about the lack of physical fitness in women. And they went around after to say, what can you do when you get back out there? And I said, well, I think a TV show would be good. And a fellow at the conference came up to me. He said, are you serious? He said, if you are, I think I can get you one. So uh, he went to CTV, which is a national network in Canada. And uh, I was living in Saskatoon at the time. And so I did an audition and they accepted me. So for 11 years, I had a fitness show and a talk show. Fitness Fun with Leslie and the talk show was uh, feminine focus, focusing on all the aspects of a woman's life. So I, wow. well, I had that. I also had a fitness studio and manicures, pedicures, massage, boutique, and then... Um, I closed, I, I stopped doing the show, I closed the fitness studio, and I ended up opening up four ladies' wear stores across Western Canada. Wow. And how I got into being a publicist in the film industry is we used to get so much publicity for our stores. We used to get the front pages of the fashion page and magazines and so on. So I ended up closing those stores and I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do. So I put a package together and I sent it out to my competitors and to fashion designers. And one in Montreal got my package. She opened it. She called me right away. She said, Leslie, I got your package. I don't know what's in it, but whatever it is, I want to be part of it. So she hired me as her publicist in all of Canada and then I got Timberland and a couple of shopping malls and then a film producer director needed a publicist for the premiere of Stag Mm -hmm. and that was back in I think either 1999 or 2000 and uh, so a friend of mine said I know a publicist she hasn't done film but What's the difference? So he hired me, and then I ended up doing um, three, three of his films. Um, I did Christina's House, and then I got to do My Five Wives with Rodney Dangerfield. Oh that, wow! That was my second second movie, and uh, I've got a cute story about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it, if it, if it. Some of them I'll tell you, some of them I won't. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear them all, but uh, I'll, I'll take anything. <laughs> the, the one that this is my my one of my most favorite days as a publicist. As a unit publicist, what you do is you work when the film is in production, okay. which means you gather all the. Um, 
all the parts that are needed to promote the film. And, and we do what is called an EPK, an electronic press kit. And that consists of interviewing the lead actors, then shooting behind the scenes, and then you package it all together. And then that's what you have with all the entertainment media across the world, really. Okay. So one day I had to do all the interviews and there was uh, Rodney, Jerry Stiller and Andrew Dice Clay. Oh. <laughs> so I had to go what up a, a trio. <laughs> go up to a mountain with was full of snow and interview Rodney. And then I had to go back down into the city and Jerry Stiller, bless his heart, was supposed to go home the day before, but because I wanted to interview him. He stayed over and we did the interview around a hotel swimming pool and he was a delight. Yeah. And then I had to go out to a tennis court and it was the last scene of the, the day. It's like 10, 11 at night to interview Andrew Dice Clay. And he stick, stuck around and didn't mind after his long day doing my interview. And everybody that I talked to in regards to both Jerry um, and Andrew, anybody that worked with Rodney said they would do anything for Rodney. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, that's, I've heard so many interviews about Rodney and just, he would, he was just this kind person. He had his, his, uh, his ways, you know, he was very, it was sort of his, <laughs> his journey that he was not going to waver from, you know, he was going to always be on that journey, but within that journey, he was just so kind to so many people and especially comedians when he had that club downtown uh, in Manhattan, you know, he was just, he would just spend so many hours there and he would just give these opportunities and he would tell people, Hey, that was kind of funny. You're, you're a funny guy, you know? And it, it was funny that, that, that he didn't never felt, I never felt like he was intimidated or that he felt, you know, I think he kind of was like, I'm here, you know, I am. He's a, he's a, he was a big man and he, you know, talk about you know, no respect, but everybody respected him. Yeah. So it was yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, so, so it started off as a unit publicist and, uh, and then away it went. Wow. So uh, just quickly on Jerry Stiller, who I know, um, has left us recently. Um, he always seemed in every interview, he always seemed any people who worked with him that he's just like, just a great human being. And, so and he loved his wife so much. Yeah. So proud of his kids. One mm -hmm. of his daughters was also in the movie and, uh, yeah, he was just a delightful man. I have his picture on my wall. I have. Oh, wow. That's great. Oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. It seems it, it seems like from the beginning you've had this like entrepreneurial entrepreneurial spirit, right? You've always right. want, you know, you 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 it seems like you were a go-getter, you went out there, you got it, you know, that type of thing. How, you know, did that develop? Was that something that, you know, was that from your did your parents uh, give kind of show you that or was that just something that, you know, took off as you went along? I think I guess I believed in myself. Okay. Mm. 
And I started off when I was in high school. I was captain of sports teams. I was girls' sports director on the SR student council and social director. So I think I gained confidence. And I started teaching when I was 19. So I, I, I was always uh, ahead of, I guess, um, I came up with ideas that were somewhat ahead of the curve. Oh, right. like, for instance, my talk show, Feminine Focus, all about the aspects of a woman's life. Well, now there's tons of those kinds of shows. Mm-hmm, right. And uh, I guess I guess just belief in yourself. And yeah. I was just very blessed in that I would put it out there and I would get it back. Because most of, most of the opportunities that have come my way have been, they've come my way. I haven't necessarily... That's the pavement. Mm. Isn't that interesting? Because uh, you know, there's so many people that are out there, and they're like sweating, and they're struggling, and they're everything, and you know. And I think the energy of the journey goes away, and then you don't really have a sincerity in that journey because you're on this must-have of, of this thing that you want. And but when you're free, and you have like you just like you said, when you really believe in yourself, right. and you have that confidence, you're free. Yes. You're you're open. You you have energy is open enough to to be able to come in. That's a wonderful that's a wonderful thing. And did did you have um, tremendous obstacles being a, a woman coming into being a publicist? Because I don't know much about that. And George says like I'm in the bit. I'm not in that world like that. People don't realize what goes into getting a, 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 a you know performer in front of people. You know it's not just auditioning there's a whole thing behind it well once again it came to me i mm. had worked on three films with emmanuel Vaugier, ripper yeah. naked and my five wives and one day she came to my office and she said uh you worked on three of my movies as the publicist how would you uh like to be my personal publicist and I said, sure, why not? I think it's not being, I think it's not, it's, it's not saying no. In other words, when opportunities come to you, take them if you're interested. Right. Right. You just never know where you'll go. And if you don't know something, you can find it out. Right. Especially Absolutely. nowadays, you just need to Google things. So, and we are still working together today. We just did a cover shoot for a magazine for BMW a couple wow. of weeks ago. She's in a movie that was on Hallmark last Saturday again tonight. Right. And uh, yeah, so and and so a lot of my clients they come and go because they only need publicity when they've got something to promote. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, that's interesting. They won't necessarily be my client every month every year okay you might i might work with them and then two years later i work with them again and so i've been seeing that most of them do come back okay okay that's that's interesting so it i'm wondering so there's there's got to be that that trust factor right when they're working with you right so they've got to i'm assuming that when she approached you about it she you know, she felt like, okay, this, I can, you know, I can trust this person to do right by me and to, you know, really work together. And like, you know, talk about like those relationships that you're building with these, 
with these with these folks? I mean, how like is it do they do they mostly come to you now, you know, versus, you know, or or is it that you go to them or is it, you know, how does that work? Well, I've been fortunate because I've got most of my clients word of mouth. Okay. So one actor might be talking to another actor and they'll say, oh, I saw you in this magazine and on that TV show and so on. And they'd say, oh, well, Leslie's my publicist. And so they would come to me. Okay. And I would have to say that most of my work has either come word of mouth or agents. Um, agent gets the client work. Well, actually, the client gets themselves the work by doing a great audition and getting booked. But right. it's the agent that brings the projects to them. And then once the um, once they have something coming out, they want to promote it because it helps them. One, especially for Canadians, they need press if they want to work in the states. Right. That's part right. of uh, what needs to be part of their package. And also, especially today with uh, Twitter and Instagram and so on, it might be between two people for the role. And uh, it, often directors and producers might go, go to their social media. And if one person's very active and has tens of thousands of followers and the other one doesn't, they might <clears throat> go with the one that has all the followers because they know that they will also promote the show when it's out. Sure. And a perfect example is uh, Big Sky River, which Emmanuel is in. Hmm. Mark did lots of promotion for it, but also Emmanuel did too. Okay. So, and, and of course, the networks love it because she's driving her fans and people to watch the show and they get great ratings and so then she comes becomes part of the family. Yeah. And that trust factor is really part it's it's really huge. I mean that that is the reason why they would come to you and also, you know, repeat business, you know, because <laughs> it's like we had such a great, you know, great time. Definitely we're gonna go back, you know, and that that's also I mean it's not just the trust, but it's also the fact that you know, you have somebody in that space already kind of there that you don't have to it takes away the pressure of having to like think of right, who are we gonna use? Well, of course we know we're gonna use, you know, who we're yeah. gonna use. Right. You know, that that that's done already. So I think a lot of the agencies, and correct me if I'm wrong, they like, you know, they want everyone to do well. You know, this is this is one of the things about when I when I talk about you know to actors about auditioning. When you go into that audition room, those, those that that casting, they want you to be the one. They want you to come in and blow them away. So they're always on your side. There's nobody you know. They're not against you or anything. If you weren't right for that role, it's just because you weren't right for that role, and that's it. You know. Right. Um, at the, and it's the same with the whole industry. You know, with uh, with being a, a publicist and. Uh, manager and an agent and a casting director it's like they all want because there's so much money on the table they really don't have time to be a you know messing around um i wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh social media because that's interesting what you what you just said you know that that um an actor might be overlooked based on their followers or are they and it happens like that in music and it happens with uh like yeah. i know record, record labels go to TikTok to see who's got a, a million views and who who's who can sing this much 
right. and they're going to do that. Is that something that you run into that? Well, what are your thoughts on that? Well, my thoughts are, I think it's important if the actor or musician, because I also work with musicians, right. uh, as long as they feel comfortable doing it and for instance, with our social media, with the promotion people, it's mainly promoting our clients. So if they have, as you've noticed, if they're having an interview with you, I will promote it. Right. So everybody helps each other. Absolutely. And then if the client, the actor also talks about it, then it helps build up, you know, there's more for their fans to see about them. Right. Build up, and then they get more followers. And some actors who are really into social media like to do publicity because then they've got more information to post on their uh, Instagram and and Twitter and so on. That's substantial rather than oh, here's a photo of me in this outfit today, and there's a photo of me in that outfit tomorrow. Right. Thing, something that's got some substance yeah and also i mean there's there's different sides some people are like oh that's not right you know i hate that and some people are like well it's opened up a lot of opportunities to people that might have not had that opportunity had they not had this uh, social media platforms to kind of put their their stuff on there um so it, it kind of works both ways I, I i think i like it i work in social media um I do post a lot, yeah. I know. <laughs> John, John, John's got another video. Okay, John, I'm keeping. <laughs> yeah, I post a lot. I, I remember uh, in the the beginning stages of social media, I remember somebody came to me and was like, John, um, <laughs> you, you are posting way too much. I don't have time to read all of it. I was like, no, you don't have to read any of it. <laughs> There's an unfriend button. <laughs> <laughs> no, not that was George. No. We appreciate your enthusiasm. No, I thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, social media can have that uh, that effect, but at the same time, it's also like you said. I mean, it's given jobs to those that are willing to put themselves out there. Right. That's that's the that's the the difficult part is really getting that confidence to get out there and to you know to do that. You know, you have to have some. I don't know. I think you have to be a little insane to, to do what I do. But I think a lot of people, if they're willing to put their work out there, they're confident. And I think what you said earlier when you opened up, you know, um, being, you know, confident in yourself, you know, that right there is really the, the foundation of everything. If you can, if you have that, I think everything else will open up for you. And especially if you don't take a loss as such a... You know, it's just like, okay, well, that happened. I'm going to continue on my journey and that goes away. You know, it's so important. Can you talk a little bit about mindset of the performers that you uh, work with? You know, um, what do you look for? Like, is there someone that's ever, uh, maybe you don't have to give a name, but do you sometimes say like, I don't really feel comfortable? The people that I do, uh, suggest that they wait is if they say somebody is a new actor and they get one or two lines in a movie or a TV series and they've got a resume of two to four 
uh, roles, right. I usually suggest they wait. Right. Okay. Because okay. first of all, they don't necessarily have that much to talk about. Right. And you know, people pay me a retainer, and I don't want to take their money if I don't feel like they're earning much from right. acting. Sure. And at that point. They're probably not going to get that much interest from interviewers anyway. Right. So I just suggest that they wait. Or, for instance, a musician who's putting out their first single. Somebody like that, I just suggest that they wait and build it up because it's probably not to their benefit at, at the beginning. Now, it's different if somebody's lucky and gets a big role or is a lead or recurring then that's a whole different story because they've got something to talk about they've got a great role so yeah. uh, that's what i suggest to people so i i you know i don't take absolutely everybody i i do take people who have a story to tell and i think that i can get them pressed because mm. i don't want to take them charge them then I don't get them anything, then they're disappointed. Right. And often or sometimes they might think it's my fault because I didn't try hard enough. And that's not the case. Right. I, really, I really would try. I pitch. Yeah, that that would be a a, a sad thing because if you don't have enough to right. really put, put them yeah. out there, you know, I was I was casting once uh, for a film and uh, I got a had a resume and on it it said you know, Al Pacino, and I can't remember the movie. It was um, one of the later films in the 90s. And I'm like, wow, Al Pacino, you know. So he's basically in the scene, has no lines. He's like in the back. But there's a moment where he's on screen with Al Pacino, but he has no lines. Right. And it, things like that, you know, you have to, you, <laughs> as a performer, as an actor, you have to kind of like be able to objectively look at what it is that I'm working on Right. And what it is can be publicized. Is this public? Is can this be publicized? Hey, I'm in the background of Al Pacino. You know, but, and I, I could imagine that that's probably there. And what you said, John, about mindset, because I'm sure that there's actors out there like, okay, I'm Al Pacino. That's it. I've made it. I'm, you know, and they have this mindset that they're yeah. way bigger than they really are. And then they, yeah, you know, and I think it's also the excitement of it too. You right, know, you, exactly. you can get lost in this industry, you know. Yeah, right. you get lost in it. You're suddenly like, I mean, George and I have been, you know, we've interviewed you know, like David Sanchez that was on here, you know, and we were like, oh, Yeah, I mean, we thank you so much for for you know bringing him to us because he, he was just incredible. But we're like <laughs> Yeah, like kids in the candy store because we're right. you know, these are, you know, some of these people are folks that we listen to and and as musicians, we were inspired by you know, as kids, yeah, watching these guys play and all these things. Yeah. So now we're actually getting to interview them and 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 also kind of find out what their mindset is in in right. music and in life and all that. So it's it's yeah. huge. And that that excitement also we want to make sure it doesn't go, you know, where right. we take yeah. a screenshot and be like, hey. We're best friends with David. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so you asked me about the mindset of yes. successful actors. You didn't say successful, but I'm throwing that in there. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would say that, first of all, they're passionate about it. And they 
it's just part of them and they really uh, believe in the craft and really are focused. So many times make, I make arrangements with some of my friends who are actors and then we have to cancel because they've got a big audition and they've got to stay home and memorize lines and and of course nowadays everybody has to have their own lighting and camera and sound and set themselves up it's there's not so much going to the casting directors anymore and doing it in front of them you have to do everything so it's a lot of work yeah and uh so i would say being passionate about it doing some training a lot of actors perhaps get started and think that they just have to memorize lines and that's all they need to do. But there's some very, very good actors school but all over. We've got many in Vancouver. So, you know, I think that's important, especially when you're starting. And then just to be, and also, I think keeping yourself healthy, both spiritually and in your mind, and physically. Mm -hmm. right. Most right. of my successful actors definitely have a workout regime, they meditate, they eat healthy. Not all of them, but I would say the majority that are doing well. And also they expand. So they might start off as an actor, but then get into directing, right. into producing, into teaching. So, which is another really good idea because if all you're doing is staying home waiting for the call, then you can go into an audition feeling or looking desperate. Right. Because you haven't had a paycheck for six months, a year. And so, you know, I think that's important too. I'm wondering how you handled the, when, when the whole pandemic started and everything kind of got shut down. Well, I got to work on a movie with um, Ashanti. Okay. Yeah, uh, the Honey Girls, uh, during the pandemic, and it was uh, very, very controlled. We had to go in and get uh, tested every three days. Right. And and uh, everybody had to wear masks. Everybody had to stay away. The whole craft tables changed. You go and you get your little packages of this and that, which in some respects is good because you don't gain as much weight that way. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of downtime. Yes. You end up going to the craft table and uh, craft services table and eating things you'd never eat at home. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that changed, and then more of this. So all of a sudden, I used to have actors go in to morning shows and entertainment shows, and and journalists would come out and interview. Well, that all stopped. Yeah, and became Zoom. Yeah, wow, that's awesome. I, I wanted to backtrack just a second on um, when you're talking about passion. You know, with um, there was a story with um, Dustin Hoffman where he talked about, and I, I tell it, I've told it probably on, on here a few times, but he talks about, he says, you know, I'd still be doing this. Even if I didn't get the graduate in 68, I would still be doing this somewhere. I'd be doing a community theater. I'd be doing it anywhere. And then he mentioned about, um, about um, Picasso, Picasso 
Yeah, Picasso talking about how if you take my paints, I'll use my pastels. If you take my pastels, I will, you know, and he goes, if you take everything, I will spit on my finger and I will dab on the wall and I will create art that way. So it's it's such a passion that you're going to do it no matter what. Right. And you're not looking at the, at you know, at the red carpet and, and all those things. You're looking at the craft, you know, at the craft. And what you said was so spot on about the other things, you know, the 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 mindset is also not just the craft. You have to stay in shape, mental shape, personal development. You know, reading is, is really important. A lot of, you know, actors are, are big readers um, and research. You know, that's how you find characters. That's how you build up. So, yeah, I just wanted to backtrack on that because it's it's so important for um, actors to understand that you can't just take a, a weekend class, you know, and then can go back every six months for a weekend class. And then, you know, it, it's a, it's an art, you know, there's craft there. It's know? a profession. It's a profession. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. definitely a, uh, and we, when we talked to uh, William B. Davis, he talked about that. He talked yeah. about the why, why is right. it that you're doing it? Even, you know, he, even when he talked about why you're saying your lines, know exactly what the character and why the character is saying it before you even learn your lines. Right. Yes. So yes. he talked about, you know, is it, is it that you're doing this because you want to be famous and you want to be on the red carpet, just like John said, or is it because you just love what you do? Know. You know, and as musicians, John and I know this very well, because that's exactly why we play music, whether we were famous or not, because we just love the, the whole process of creating yeah. music and doing that whole thing. Yeah. I really feel that shows like yours, when you get people like David and William and a number of the other guests that we've had, people should listen because they're going to learn something. Yes. Even if you learn one thing. Like for instance, William B. Davis. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is memorize your lines and go in there. Well, he absorbs that whole character. Yes. And in fact, today he's on the, the uh, set of Upload. He's filming the next season of Upload. And wow. he's been acting for, well, probably 70 years. Wow. Unbelievable. That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> 12 on the radio yeah wow. that's right that's right i remember you started with radio yeah 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 we also had on mauricio uh, bustamante right he was on yes. here and he worked with um, um strausberg strausberg in new york and he's a teacher there you know and he actually just retired recently but he same kind of sentiment you know it's like the craft and the why you know he talked about that and you have to you have to love it, but not in a, you have to almost, it, it is kind of like an obsession, but it's a healthy one. Right. You, know, you have right. to really just wake up in the morning knowing that this is something that I really love to do, not because of any other reason other than I want to be a storyteller. Right. Well, I think it's wonderful for anybody, regardless of what they do in life, to have a job that doesn't feel like work. And that, I, I shouldn't say I never feel like it's work. I mean, sometimes it does, but. Yeah. The most part, I just love what I do. I love to see the results I get. I love to see how people grow. I love to see when they get a role that they just love and do so well at and get uh, praise for. And you were asking about, there's different sides to being a publicist. Mm -hmm. We talked about unit publicity on a film, but then there's the publicity for when the film comes out. Right. 
Oh, that's right. Okay. Okay. If people, if a producer or director doesn't have a publicist or a team in place, you can have the best movie in the world, but if you don't let people know about it and people don't then see it, somebody has to go out there and that's when the directors and producers encourage their actors to have interviews and share their experience and then get people intrigued in watching the movie. And then I also do red carpets. Oh, wow. I produce all the, most of the big red carpets in uh, Vancouver, not all of them, but a lot of them. Mm -hmm. So that's when the actor gets to come out and have the quick interviews with the uh, entertainment reporters, get their photo taken and feel good about themselves. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so there's a lot, there's, there's different sections. So when you go into a, a project, when you're starting at the beginning stages of it, are you already with the mindset of thinking, okay, this, I know I'm going to be doing this again when this is completed in four months, five months, next year, whenever it's out. So you kind of already have your notes set up and ready for the next phase. Well, it depends. If it's an I will often do the unit publicity and the release. Okay. Oh, okay. If I'm working with Sony or DirecTV or E1, often they have their team in place, hmm. headquarters. So I just provide them with all the tools they need to be able to do that. If hmm. Just the unit publicist. Whereas if I'm on an independent film, then I would do both. Uh, or a lot of independent films won't even have a unit publicist. They'll just have a publicist for when the movie comes out. Hmm. And what, what, what kind of, what style of movie do you, do you enjoy, actually? Well, I like comedies, romantic comedies. I like intrigue. I've worked on some really good TV series, like Roll with Kyle Hauser, who's now on Yellowstone. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. Uh, he plays Rick. Yeah. Right, right, right. Was, uh, but, uh, you know, that was that was an interesting TV series. I worked on Ice. Donald Sutherland was in it. Wow. Uh, and uh, a lot of intrigue, so I like that. I'm yeah. not a huge, huge horror fan, but I do, you know, I do do publicity for horror. I told Emmanuel I still haven't seen Saw because I can't, <laughs> I can't bear it. After being killed. Yeah, one of the things about horror for me was I was on a film set once where I saw a lot of the uh, how things were actually done. And I, I kind of lost a little bit of like, I, I guess because you know, what's happening and it really I look at somebody like like and we talked about him last week I think uh Georgia you know um Hitchcock you know where it was really not the kind of gore or anything that you would but man you would you were like hanging on every scene and in and the you know the tension was just so thick in those films and those scenes um so that's always something that that's interesting for me to to see what people are interested in um now when you're 
do you take the same approach when you're when it's a film or it's a musician or do you kind of have a, a template of or you've been I, I have somewhat of a template uh, for actors and for film because especially with film there's requirements needed from from uh, character descriptions to bios on the actors the directors um photos have to go shift through thousands of photos mm. get actors to if they've got approval to x out the ones they don't want so there's a lot of back and forth so as a publicist i mainly work with the actors the producers the directors and the agents for the actors or their publicists because mm. they need to get approval i need to get bios and so on and then uh work with um, production on the synopsis and so on and we build what's a press kit with all that information in mm. so the, the press kits are yes yeah, it's, it's so fascinating because a lot of people don't know what it takes to make a film right they go and they see a film and, and that's their that's their job i mean they're not right. supposed to know that right right but if they knew the level of work that comes way before yeah even sometimes way before even a frame is shot you know it's really you really tend to appreciate it. it's really the only because george and i are musicians i mean i can pick up my guitar and i can play right here alone and i can record something alone but a film and having been on films and shot films you can't I've tried actually, I did a short film by myself because I thought, let me just try to do all the parts. And it was a short film and I thought I was going to go crazy because it was just, it's so much to handle. You really need hands and, and qualified and responsible and trustworthy hands, especially when you get to work with place, people like Sony and, 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 and so on. Uh, one thing I would say to any independent filmmakers out there or people who are making their first movie a lot of time a lot of times somebody will come to me once they've got a movie and it's coming out and so i'll ask them for stills and they haven't taken them and there's opportunities that they totally miss and they can't get back wow and so then they're taking screenshots and especially too with directors for instance they'll hire me to promote the film and promote them but all they have is a headshot. Well, that's boring. They want a picture of the director directing, talking to the staff, yeah. standing by the camera. And, you know, behind the scenes is important because it just shows the interest of how, it, how the whole film came together. So to independent filmmakers out there, make sure you have somebody, especially if you don't have a big budget just have somebody there to take some pictures just because once it, that scene's gone it's gone and you can't go back yeah i think because of social media and because how i am on social media i was <laughs> instinctively i kind of so i have tons of pictures of me <laughs> directing and doing things yeah, um, I'm, I, I'm just waiting i wanted to piggyback on that for a second with social media and i wanted to ask you how did how did your business change before social media versus afterwards? More paperwork. <laughs> oh yeah. More paper. I used to go to the printers, 
back to Emmanuel, we used to put a press kit together and I was getting, we were getting her. I'm not going right. to die because right. if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be getting the covers. I would pitch, but if, because it was her, we would get covers and still do. But then I would have to go to the printers and run them all off and then we'd send them out to say another magazine so they would see all that she has. Well, now she's got a great website, a great press kit. Right. Well, everything's done online. So I used to have pages and pages. And also, too, for instance, when I would send out a press release, now all I have to do is put it all online. And I've got yeah. women who work with me, Jasmine and Josephine. Jasmine is my other publicist and... Josephine does a lot of the social media, makes things look pretty. So I couldn't do all this without the two of them. Mm. But, uh, so before the good old days of faxing, I'd have to fax. <laughs> right. And, and then it would be busy. So then I would go to the next place that I was faxing. Yeah. And then I would have a different cover letter because you send it to the fax machine. And, you know, it's a big office with, I don't know how many people on the same fax machine. So that is one big change I really appreciate. Yeah, I can <laughs> myself sitting in front of that damn fax machine going, hey, come on, I got to get this through so I can get on to the next. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we had somebody that talked about putting uh, their, um, their auditions on VHS and then <laughs> having to mail them. Yeah, so they were like Los Angeles and Los Angeles. I mm -hmm. guess they were one of the first ones to kind of like say, send us a VHS. And right. not everyone in the uh, late 80s, early 90s had a VHS camera just hanging around and recording, right. you know. But um, so we're in a definitely in a different uh, place right now. And I think there's more opportunity, yeah. you know. Um, even the, the three of us talking. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Probably, you know, 20 years ago, that might not have happened. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I told you. You and you wouldn't have found me. And I don't even know how we did find each other, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> the, the stars, there was an email in there somewhere, but. <laughs> the stars were aligned and it led us yeah. to the sunflowers. Exactly. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> this has been awesome. Um, I want to actually ask you, I ask, uh, all our guests um, during the pandemic, obviously we've had two years of tremendous adversity for a lot of people. And um, some, a lot of actors just could not work. No, nope, that's right. Musicians could not play. Right. And it just shut down the artists. And it was like devastating really, because you really got to understand the, that danger. Um, people are, are getting back. Not everyone is still comfortable though, you know, to kind of fully get out there, especially with other things going on. Um, what advice would you give to someone out there um, who's sort of on the fence of deciding, okay, I, I really want to get out there again, but I'm still a little bit nervous. What, what should, or what, what would you say to someone like that in, in, in any, uh, in any field? Well, I feel like people with the vaccines have felt a little bit more freedom because people who are getting COVID now, in comparison to when there weren't vaccines, right. are getting as sick. Right. So I wouldn't use COVID as an excuse anymore. Right. That's that's my thoughts. Yeah. I do recall now that we're talking about it. 
one, there wasn't much work because there weren't movies being made. Everything like just kind of shut down one day. Right. And people really didn't know how to deal with it. So there wasn't any work. So there wasn't work for actors or, or so on. Um, you had Rick Dugdale on, right? Yeah. Yes. So he did the NFT with yeah, right, right. Contact. So there you go. There's somebody yeah. who's ahead of the curve. He's thinking, what can we do? We can't go to a studio. We can't do. So let's be creative and come up with a new way to do things. Yeah. So, so there are definitely, you know, different filmmakers out there that got creative and more or less didn't let it stop them. Yeah. So kudos to them. Yeah. And it's all what you said earlier about growth, developing, you know, mm -hmm. just because that stopped doesn't mean that you have to stop developing and figuring it out. Rick Dugdale was like, well, we got to figure something out. And that's what he figured out. And I think Alex and I, I have trouble pronouncing his name, but yeah, he had that wonderful series. He had that. Yes. Yeah. And it was just great to see. Oh, wow. Okay. So we can take control over this even in during these hard times you know you just have to there is a, a an education that you have to kind of sit through and learn what an nft is and how to work them and all that stuff but youtube will teach you everything this is another thing that i that i tell everyone i'm like did you go to youtube to see you know because whenever they're like how do you do this i'm like did you go to youtube i'll, I'll show you i'll teach you but you know youtube has everything so that's I great think, i think too for instance being open to ideas Mm -hmm. A year ago, I used to just think, okay, I just love being a publicist. That's what I'll probably end up doing forever. And then a fellow I know who's a host of a radio show said, Leslie, we want you to book our talent. So now I'm booking talent for the radio show. And then I ended up with another client who was coming to Vancouver to shoot another TV series and of the 18 guests I think I booked 10 of them wow. so yeah. so it, it's, it's interesting you don't necessarily know what's coming your way and but if you're open to it and you don't say no you give it a try that's right and that yeah that's the and it seems like that enjoying it and and it's opened up now they want me to executive produce so wow it's uh it's really been i've definitely had an interesting life and an interesting career yeah and one thing is just well you've like you said you were ahead of the curve in a lot of those areas and those questions you actually i'm sure you asked yourself even when you were first starting out with that mindset of okay how do i do this and wh where can i do and then you saw your opportunities and then you went for it right. and i think overall you know even for the artists out there even now that's an example that they can take and say, listen, you know, I, where can I be ahead of the curve? Where are those opportunities I can take? Where, you know, I, even if it's a small little thing, don't say no, grab it, take yeah. it, run with it, because that can lead to something else. I mean, John and I talked about even this show, right? We, when we, when I approached John to do something and, you know, we didn't think it was going to really grow to where it's gone now. And this has given us great opportunities to Such where we're now, you know, doing meeting all these people and doing all these different great things, right? Yeah, yeah, it's yep. so true, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I decided to say yes. 
and then and then figure out how to do it in the two days before you actually go there and have to do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. But your clients are also very lucky to have uh, you with them because you come with the experience of also front of the camera, behind the camera, right. the working on sets, and you understand the industry so well, it makes it so much easier for them to not have to educate their publicists on, on anything happening. You know, and, and I'm fortunate, yeah. especially when you're doing interviews, like when I was interviewing Rodney Dangerfield and Andrew Dice Clay, and this was my second or third film, I forget, but it was definitely in the beginning. And I'm interviewing people who have vast resumes and so on. But, you know, I could draw back onto my experience as a talk show host. Exactly. Right. Answering questions or asking questions, I should say. And the other thing that's nice too is I don't feel like I need to be in front of the camera anymore because I've already done that and I feel comfortable in my position of helping guide their careers. Yeah, that's so, uh, that's so great. Leslie, Diana, thank you so much. This has been such a wonderful, I mean, again, George and I, we look up and we're like, holy crap. <laughs> We're almost the time at, just flies. I almost know. at an hour. Uh, it's one of those things where we always uh, ask if you ever want to come back, and we can pick an actual topic and break it down and actually do that because I think that it's so helpful. And what you said earlier, which I'm really grateful that that you said that when people watch this show, that they do learn something. And that's what I was telling George even before we went on. What's yeah. our product? You know, our product right. is you know education and entertainment. Right. You know, those are our products. We want to entertain people. We also want them to leave. They're going, oh, I didn't know that. Now I know that. Exactly. You know? And so it's great to have you on here and being able to educate our audience. So thank you so much for being on. My pleasure. Thank you. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll definitely be talking. Um, we, are, we are tied on the internet forever. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see what fall. My August is um, going to be a little bit slower. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take a little time, but... Uh, Good. Back in the fall, we'll, I'm sure there'll be new opportunities coming up. And I've awesome. got great, great clients that have lots to say. Excellent. Uh, that's so great. Thank you so much. Leslie, Diana, thank you very much for being on. Well done. Thank you for having me and Bye. having all our clients on. Thank you. Thank you. Woo! Wow. See? Wow. Fantastic conversation. He's there. awesome, and you know, it's the thing. I there's, I had a few other things, but we'll have to have her back on again because no, absolutely. So but we get to. Cover. It's not an industry that you can just cover in like. No, you're right. An hour, you're you know I mean? you're like, right. You no, know, but but even with this short conversation, I mean, yeah. I I definitely got an education, and I learned right. a lot about that life and and what goes on. I mean, a lot of things I had, I had no clue. You know. Yeah. So. What what I learned the most is that I need to get some sunflowers. <laughs> I was like they look amazing i was like they did they look fantastic they look great i love it so all right folks we want to thank you all for tuning in we appreciate you very much we'll see you again next tuesday night at 7 p.m central 8 p.m eastern standard time for george batista i'm john henry soto well um welcome um, welcome um <laughs> the sunflowers have me all amazed um have a great night and we'll see you all next week and as always <laughs>